the atmosphere. Amen. Jesus never did anything for he even gave a parable or a scenario to authenticate. Thank you. He said he prayed for folks who went and they didn't come back to say thank you. And Jesus never do anything for granted. Every story he said had a purpose, had an intent behind it. So thank you can cause you to lose your blessing. There are people, if you don't say thank you properly, you don't get it back. Again, you never get it back. You have to master how to appreciate. It said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on us as it is in heaven. Thank you is one of the requirements that the believer must really entrench themselves to know how to say thank you. If you know, thank you doesn't bless the person you are saying it to. It bless the person who is saying it. The Bible said when he came back to say thank you, the Bible said Jesus cemented his miracle. So you have to learn to say thank you. Hallelujah. So I just want to say thank you to all who made this wonderful gift and, and, and sometimes when you come from a place where your mind has been remoted, you would think that size has got correlation with value, but it is wrong. I remember many years ago when I used to be very young and still young with Brother Edward's standard of young. You know. and, and we went to, I'm confessing here, we have, they have farms where they plant corn. And we go in the middle of the night and we, we plug them. We don't plant, but we have it. It's not, it wasn't a good thing to do. And I remember I saw a bigger cone and I just plug it. It was big, bigger than the one my friend took. So I was so eager to open it. Then the whole cone was just the dry stick in the, in the, in the whole thing. There was nothing in it. So sometimes size can be deceptive. The last time somebody got an envelope, a little envelope with a parcel in it, it was a car key. And somebody got, <laughs> somebody got a whole big bag and big wrap item and it was a jumper. So I am really grateful for the heart that I've done it. Amen. Put your hands together for everybody who is part of it. We are grateful. And it blesses the one saying thank you, but I'm, I'm hearing words. Maybe they may be wrong, but I will say it. it I will, okay, I've changed my mind. It, it, it also enhances the one who gave you the item. Because you tell him, I am grateful. It tells him that this is a good soil. So, it's good to say thank you. Those of you children, you have to say thank you to your parents. It is not, I'm not mandated to buy you clothes. There are people who are reckless, have a responsibility over your life. But anytime I put smile on your face, you have to say, well, thank you. Praise God. 
today is a big day. Tell your neighbor it's a big day. All right. Congratulations to everybody. Put your hands together for Jesus. I want to minister on the subject of entitled. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. This text have taken me over weeks to be able to digest it. And I am still not digesting the fullness of it. So I'm going to give you a snappy part that I believe that will bless you. In Romans chapter 12, the Bible said, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. It's a big thing. To offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of war, of worship. Keep it there. We'll go on. It said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. It's a do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test, prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Ah, this is cake. We will break it down. When you know, you know, when God tells you there is some, I saw this text and I felt like there is something in it, but I couldn't figure out what was in it. When God, listen, I promise you, when I sat down, I knew what I was typing down, writing down, but I got up around somewhere to sit behind the laptop around seven something. And guess what? It took me almost 10 50, 10 40, they're about to get up from my laptop. So it's taking over. If I calculate it properly, it's over two hours. I want you to be with me. We're going on a flight here. Praise the Lord. I want you to look at the face of your neighbor and say, neighbor, be transformed. Say, be transformed. I want to minister on the third part of transformation, uh, be transformed. But I want to focus today predominantly on offer your body. All right, so we're going to take this journey. Tell your neighbor, offer your body. The only time we hear the abusing of one's body is when you come across a prostitute who offered their body. When a prostitute offered their body, it means that you dangle it and do whatever you want to do with it. If you wanted to stand, you stand. If you wanted to lie down, the prostitute offered their word, their body. When it is offered to you, who doesn't really care about anything, you abuse the word, the body. 
So woe unto you when something is offered to you and you abuse it. We're going on a long journey here. Be with me. So God wants you to offer your all, your body. I want to talk a bit about Romans, uh, the book of Romans, the episode. The Bible said that as, as with all Paul's epistle to the church, his purpose in writing was to proclaim the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ by teaching doctrine, edifying and encourage the believer who would receive this letter. It was a letter he wrote to the Roman church. To the church of Rome. And of particular concern to Paul were those to whom this letter was written. Those in Rome who were beloved by God and called to be sent. In Romans chapter 1 verse 7, Paul expresses this and said that to all Rome who are beloved by God and called to be his only people. Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's writing to those who are called the beloved of God. These were not people who were unbelievers. They were people who have been entrenched within the fabric of believing God. And this letter was written to them with an intent to correct something that was not right. Because he himself was a Roman citizen, he had a unique passion for those in the assembly of believers in Rome. Since he had not, to this point, visited the church of Rome, this letter also served as his introduction to them. In Romans chapter 12, Paul started by saying, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want you to be with me here. I want to stress on the point, therefore, in the literature, when the term, come on, help me out, I need to take my seat here. I am really loaded because I want somebody to offer their body. Tell your neighbor, offer your body unto God. The word therefore, I can preach about it for two days. But I will take the, 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 the indulgence of time to just deal with it for a few minutes. The word therefore is, is a word that is only used when there is a preceding story. Therefore, when I talk about something and I use the word therefore, it means for that reason or consequently. It means because of that. Because of what I said. Because, because of what I said, I want you to do this. It means that on the grounds of what I said, it means that to that end, the strength of the chapter 12 is dependent on what Paul was saying in the preceding chapter, which is the chapter 11. Now, when I went to chapter 11, in Romans chapter 11, Paul describes a conflict that began with the earlier Christian church and still at work today. And this conflict is that of the theology of grace and how it relates to God's relationship with both Jews and Gentiles who had uh, converted into Christianity. 
Along with explaining this conflict, Paul encourages harmony and humility between those two groups of believers. It's using, he uses strictest references to underscore this exhortation. In verse number 2, true to 5, for example, Paul recounts the frustration and expressed by Elijah who felt completely alone in his belief. God reassured Elijah that he had reserved a remnant of 70 Jews strictly on the basis of faith not works. And this was when Paul, Paul was trying to tell the, the, the Roman church, I want you to understand something here because uh, it happened in the days of Elijah when he thought all was about him. He thought all his, his works were producing results. But the Bible said, he said that God brought him to a point to understand that there was nothing about him that has warranted him to talk the way he was talking because 7,000 men have not bowed yet. And if you are somebody who taught, for example, uh, you are the only one who is coming to church in spite of the snow that has rained outside that has come down and you thought you were the only person who was going to work and you get there and everybody was there, you wondered whether they went through what you went through. It is critical here because he's trying to tell the Roman church, I want you to not think that you have attained everything in life and talk as if you are not people who have not gone through some things and you are not people who have not associated with the supernatural grace of God. It is not by works, it is not by might, it is by the spirit, saith God. Tell your neighbor, offer your body. Paul began Romans chapter 11 by reinforcing the fact that God has never stopped loving his chosen people, the Israelites who were later referred as Jews. He still, be, uh, he still be loved them despite the fact that they disappointed him multiple times in the Old Testament. The Gentiles in the church at Rome were becoming haughty, uh, which means that arrogant and proud. Uh, they were being disdainful uh, and they were being too proud and being so judgmental, trying to decide who qualifies and trying to decide who qualifies, who must be on top and who must be down. How dare you begin to decide for the children of God, regardless of your position in church as a minister, I have been taught to understand that regardless of whatever God uses me to do, I should never take any glory because it is all by God. Uh, sometimes in life when you achieve so much, um, sometimes people forget. I was talking to somebody a few days ago in the car and I said to them, the reason why people don't work with God, the reason why people are sometimes wicked is because they so easily forget. Uh, God is not a man that he should forget. Precious one, you must be very careful when you are somebody who is forgetful. Uh, you have no idea. You have to talk to your mother and you understand that there should be no time in your life would you have to be disrespectful towards your mother because when she was in labor and she went through pain you have no idea that is why they can't let you behave the way you want to 
behave because the pain they can't forget the pain that produces you therefore they say to the himself regardless of whatever you do I must make sure you succeed in your generation I prophesy upon your life today that whatever has make you forgetting them that there is a God in your life today you will remember it in the name of Jesus uh, it said they believed that uh, they were the true fellow followers of Christ. This is the Roman church. The Roman church thought they were all the true worshippers of God. Uh, let me talk about this for a minute. Sometimes, uh, be careful when people go astray and you judge them. Uh, I see if you are the one who qualified to church. Uh, it's a judge not that ye may be judged because the same standard you judge others, so would you be judged. Uh, and when sometimes when I see people going through some things. Uh, people who have gone through things don't easily church. Uh, people who have not gone through anything, they quickly church. Uh, they want to tell you how you should control your marriage, uh, how you should behave towards your wife. Uh, but if you have gone through so much to gain your wife, uh, you wouldn't let it go so easily. Uh, I was listening to something just a few days ago uh, and they said one man was talking. He said the reason why people divorce uh, is that the men, uh, the men, let's talk about the men for a minute. It. I always talk about the ladies. Uh, the men who get out of relationship is that they have not put anything in the relationship. Uh, so therefore, when they want to go out of it, they pick their bag and they go out. Uh, but if you go into a relationship and you buy the house uh, and you buy the fridge and you buy the telly and you buy everything in the house, uh, you can't easily just go. Tell your neighbor, don't rush to go out. The reason why uh, you can easily leave the church uh, is that you have put nothing in to connect you. Uh, that is why it is important that everything you get into, any relationship you get into, you have to invest something that makes it difficult for you to go. Uh, because of what you have put in, you decide to labor in it. Uh, I pray today by the grace of Jehovah uh, that the connection that will connect you to your destiny, uh, that will not let you leave your destiny alone. Uh, that grace is coming upon you in the name of Jesus. He said, I felt disdain towards Jews. Softly. Towards the Jewish believers, their pride was preventing them from growing in their faith. In the first 10 verses of Romans chapter 11, Paul reminded the Gentiles in Rome that the Jews were God's original chosen people. He reiterated to them that he was a Jew by birth, as he was from the tribe of Benjamin. Oh my God. I never knew that Paul was a very close relative of mine. In Romans chapter 11, Paul illustrated God's plan for the coexistence of Christians and Jews uh, in terms of the, the Gentiles by explaining how the two group complete uh, completement uh, each, each of them will prophet the church. He did this by comparing the Jews to an olive tree with God's being represented as the root of the tree. Uh, some of the branches of the tree were broken off symbolizing the, the chosen members of God's family who rebelled and broke away from him in order to preserve the growth of the tree and allow the fruit to continue to blossom uh, God granted in wild olive shots uh, to gain and to nourish from the root uh, and produce a fruit that the original branch did not 
Of course, the wild only short represented the Gentile. Paul stressed that it was the disobedience of each group that allowed other group to obtain grace and mercy. Be with me here. Uh, with this background, Paul, in writing the chapter 12, the verse number 1, he made a statement that said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. I want you to look at it carefully. He said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to present, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I want you to look at it. I'm not, I don't have time here, but I will deal with a few things. Paul was pleading with the church to be uh, to do something in view. He wanted them to present their body as the only sacrifice, number one, only pleasing unto God. He said, this is your spiritual act of worship. So it means that whatever they were doing, if it doesn't meet this criteria, it is of no essence. And when you become born again, the style of your born again or the maturity of you being born again is going to be measured as an act of your worship. If you have come to church for many years and you have not yet lived your body as a living sacrifice, only and pleasing unto God. I want you to be with me for a few minutes. I guess I'm not good with the English language. So I said, he said, in view of God's word, mercy. Tell your neighbor God's mercy. Now, he's telling them to do what looked as if it was impossible. And then, do you know, if this thing come to me as a pastor, and somebody say, I have a word for you, and the words that comes out of the mouth of the person was to tell me, that pastor, I want you to present your body as a living, holy, and world, pleasing unto God. I will begin to ask myself, does it mean that all, of the, all that I've been doing is not really meeting the standard? because if there is a word from God and this is what God is saying to me then I ask myself have I not lived my life to the standard required of God I said he wants me to view something come and say to your neighbor view he said I want you to view what I want you to view I want you to view uh, in view of God's word mercy I said I want to pause here uh, he said, he said, in view of God's mercy, in other words, uh, taken into account, taken into what? Account. Before you say no, take into account God's mercy. I will slow it. Release the bit. Listen, before you tell me you aren't going to give your body to God, I want you to view it according to what? God's mercy. We're going somewhere. He said, therefore, I urge you. I'm pleading with you. I want to beg of you. Don't use this body to make decisions recklessly or abusedly. I want you to view this body. I'm telling you, present it to God. I want you to take into account God's word. Yes. start here now I took a step forward 
And I wanted to find what is called, I know God's mercy. God's mercy is a mercy that is of God. That, that comes from God, so to speak. So I knew God. I know God. I don't need to look about it. But I, I want to check what the meaning of mercy is. Okay? When you begin to make decisions as if you own yourself. When you have to do the things of God. And you begin to not do it. I want you to look at what he's going to say. He said the word mercy means compassion or forgiveness showed towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or to harm. No, don't rush it. Let's take it slowly. So Paul is trying to say that before you present your body, I want you to view it and not rebel against what I'm telling you because I want you to know that it was in the power of God to, to have re- rejected you, to have killed you, but he chose not to do it. And now because of his mercy, you are sitting where you are sitting now. Because of his mercy, the qualification you have, had it not been his mercy, you wouldn't achieve it. The husband you have, has it not been his mercy, you wouldn't have got it. The job you have, that has made you decide not to offer your body as a living sacrifice, is that I want you to understand Roman church. I want you to view this thing. I'm going to tell you, don't easily say that I have things to do. Don't easily say that I am committed somewhere. I want you to view it within the perimeters of the message of God. We're going somewhere. Be with me. It's, it's a long way. If you want to clap, clap properly. Neighbor, clap properly. Now he said, uh, he said, he said, he said, passion. I didn't understand passion. So I went to check the meaning of passion. He said that uh, compassion means, so the word mercy means compassion or forgiveness. I know forgiveness. Forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one power to punish or to harm. Now I said compassion means what? It's a, a feeling of distress. Take time. It's a feeling of what? Distress. I wish I had checked the meaning of distress. It's a meaning of distress. Pity for the suffering or fortune of another, often including the desire to alleviate it. You understand what I just said? So when God was having compassion on you, he became distressed. He became restless. He became uncomfortable. Because he didn't want you to go through that suffering. But his intent was to alleviate, was to take away that pain from you. <laughs> he had a compassion. He had a distress to want to take away your pain. That would have disqualified you. That would have, determi- de- uh, that would have terminated your life. But he had this compassion. To take it away from there. Paul said, I urge you brothers and sisters. In view of God's mercy. In other words, don't forget what made you who you are today. 
In Psalm 52 verse 8 it says that but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. David offered his body and related to God as a shepherd. Now David tried to tell you when he said the Lord is my shepherd what he's trying to tell you is that as the sheep offers itself to God so do I offer myself unto God. Now the mercy of God, number one if you don't understand the mercy of God, there are certain things that describe the mercies of God. The mercy of God is so tender. It is tender in mercy. That is can we call it we qualify it by saying it is tender mercy with his gentle loving touch he heals broken hearted and, and wipe up our wound and, and, and wipe up our pain and wipe us of our, of our wounds he is not only gracious in what he provides but also the gracious manner in which he provides it uh, he is tender he is tender which means that he is regardless of how quickly the prodigal son wanted to go out the father didn't just push him out but he dealt with him just maybe perchance he make him come back he dealt with him with this tenderness with this love and kindness that is the mercy we're talking about here I did not been the tenderness of God most of us would have been put into shame I told you many years ago that my head teacher told me I would amount to nothing but not knowing the tender love of God that is not hasty to reject that is not hasty to resent it took me in and qualifies me in my disqualification I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice don't think that you have attained ah you have gotten nowhere yet but if you humble yourself and submit under the mighty hand of God he will lift you up at the right time. Come on, tell your neighbor he's tender. Ah, neighbor, I want you to be with me here. Uh, the mercy I'm talking about uh, it is also characterized uh, it is great mercy uh, there is nothing little about God uh, his mercy is like himself uh, infinite uh, you don't measure him you can't measure his love uh, his mercy is so great that it forgives even in the most terrible sin to the most terrible sinner then proceed to give great faith and great privilege oh, my brother my sister his message raises gives us great enjoyment in the great heaven of the great God oh, his, his mercy is also rich it is a rich mercy God's mercy is, 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 is medicine to your, your staggering spirituality uh, a golden ointment in your bleeding wounds uh, a heavenly bondage uh, to your broken bones uh, a royal charros uh, for your weary feet uh, that is the mercy I'm talking about uh, the mercy of God it is uh, undeserved uh, the mercy of God is undeserved uh, as indeed all true mercy uh, must be deserved mercy is only another name uh, for justice uh, 
and we who are sinners have no right to the kind consideration of the most high as rebels who we once doomed to be in that life we used to be uh, it is the sovereign love of God alone which saves us uh, for we have no set power uh, to redeem ourselves uh, one thing about the love, the mercy of God uh, it is diverse uh, that is called a diverse mercy as Paul Bunyan said he said, said all the flower of God's garden are doubled it's unquote he said there is no single mercy you may think you have only one mercy you may think you have only one mercy but you will find God's mercy in multifacetedness ah, reflecting and shining in glory ah, I want you to understand the mercy of God is plentiful ah, billions have received it yet it is far from being exhausted it is as fresh as full and as free as it has ever been that is the mercy of God when he took the prodigal the woman with the issue of blood when he met that woman the love that he shown the mercy he showed to that woman it is sophisticated adequate as it is today he said he's the same yesterday he's the same today he's the same forever my bible said it is plentiful don't let anybody tell you God cannot do what he said he would do because of what you did to him his mercy is forevermore tap your neighbor and say neighbor we've got the mercy of God uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 he said but because of his great love uh, for us God who is rich in mercy he's rich he's dusted he's loaded it doesn't matter how poor you are it doesn't matter whatever you have gone through when the mercy of God comes to you the Bible said on his right hand there was slave there was people who have committed crime but the Bible said that he decided his mercy will work. He said the same way you have spoken to me kindly you will be with me in paradise. Uh, when people wanted to kill the woman who was caught in the act of fornication the Bible said the mercy of God shows up and it said that nobody will kill this one had it not been the mercy of God we would have been put to shame but glory be to God that his mercy is plentiful it's mercy is rich I prophesy upon your life that you encounter the mercy of God today you are about to encounter the mercy of God in the mighty name of Jesus uh, and finally it is unfailing come on uh, the mercy of God is what um, unfailing uh, sometimes the inadequacy of mercy uh, under the under a man can cause you uh, to be to be disappointed uh, has somebody ever told you I'm going to help you uh, until you told them your problem uh, because they can't meet the need that you are demanded uh, but the mercy of God uh, regardless whether you are broke two million pounds or whether you are broke ten 
thousand million whatever it could be when the mercy of God shows up no weapon that fashion against you prosper because he had decided to protect you I prophesy upon your life that you are about to encounter the mercy of God he said it is never leave he said it will never leave you uh, if mercy is your friend mercy will be with you in temptation it will be with you in times of trouble to prevent you from skinny uh, with you to the to the latter uh, let me say something because of time I'll just wipe through he said offer your body as a living sacrifice he said means that give up give up your your body to offer here sacrifice means to give up something valuable for the sake of another consideration you are giving your body to God because God demands of it sacrifice involves dying to the things of the flesh and committing to the things that cause you to live in the spirit it said holy refers to the embodiment of God within your presentation when I talk about holy he said I want you to present yourself but I don't want you to present it anyhow I want you to present it within the confine of my scriptures when you appear before me I want you to be the embodiment of my word I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice if you want to understand what I'm talking about the Bible said that God, God Isaac said to Esau he said I want you to prepare me venison that I may eat he said I want you to pre prepare it the way I love it that I may eat and bless you. The presentation of the quality determines the extensity to which I bless you. God wants you to present your body. He wants you to present it harmoniously and guided by his word. God is calling somebody today because he wants you to offer your body as a living sacrifice in as much as it could be painful. I want you to offer it because I want you to view it under the mercy of God. I want you to tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, it is time for us to offer our body. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 to 27 uh, it said that but Christ offered himself to God uh, without any flaw that is what I want to tell you uh, he wants you to come without any flaw uh, pleasing to God refer to the acceptableness uh, unto God uh, he doesn't want it anyhow uh, I want you to understand when you fulfill all, the, all of this uh, it is classified as the proper worship uh, don't come to God and be a Christian uh, and you have never Never offered unto him what is classified as a proper worship. I come here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice in this year and the year ahead of us, it is time for us to present unto him that true worship and the proper worship. It is not anyhow presented, but we present it wholeheartedly without any deviation or attrition. In Genesis chapter 27, verse 4, it said, Prepare me the kind that I may eat. God wants you to prepare yourself and offer yourself in the kind that he wants it. It is not any time, it is not time conscious, which means that it is not regulated by time. When God needs you in the morning, you present yourself. When God needs you in the afternoon, you present yourself. It doesn't matter what time, what time of the day. It could be Monday, but you need to present yourself. When God said present yourself, it means that he needs you when he needs you as you are pleasing unto God in all your
your ways. This is what we call true and proper worship. I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, it is time for you to rise up. I like it when Psalm 124, David was talking. He said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, my God. He said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. They would not just swallow us, but they would swallow us alive. It means that it will be very excruciating. It means that he will be very painful. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The streams would have gone over our soul. Then the swallow water would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord. Come on, say to your neighbor, blessed be the Lord who has not given us up as pray unto their teacher. He said, our soul has escaped as a bed from the snail of the fowl and the snail is broken. We have escaped not by might, not by power, but it was all by the mercies of God. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heavens and the head. I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, let nobody fool you. He said, present your body. It is time to let go your desire. It is let go your choices. It is let go what you want and all about you. I want somebody to understand. God is looking for your body. If you forget where you're coming from, look back. I said some time ago, even though we want to move forward in our life, it is important for us to remember that we are not where we used to be. It may be painful, but I promise you, if you can hold on on God regardless of whatever you are going through and you will offer your body unto God. He said I will show forth my glory in your life. He said is there anybody who have put their trust in God and have been put to shame? I am here to tell somebody under the sound of my voice God is getting ready to transform you but the only way he will transform you is when you present your body. It is time to let it go. Come on tell your neighbor it's a time to let it go you have been holding on for quite too long our ways are not his ways our thoughts are not his thought as the heavens are above the earth so his thoughts are above ours but i prophesy upon your life whatever causes you to let go and not surrender unto god i pray today you will surrender whatever makes you disobey god i prophesy today that you are about to see your eyes are about to be opened huh, to see the mercy of God. Huh. When you begin to see it, huh, you don't hold back. Huh. You say, use me. If you can use anything, Lord, huh, you can use me. It is the same mercy that appeared unto Elijah. Huh. Elisha, huh, when the mantle was put on him, huh, he let go everything. Huh. He said, take me just as I am. Huh. I came to tell somebody, huh, it is time to offer yourself. Bless your hands in the hands of God huh? and he will mold you in a very sophisticated way. Huh? Come on, tell your neighbor, offer your body. Put your hands together for Jesus. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Oh, you have no idea. Somebody think that this is for an unbeliever. But I want you to look at what God has done in your life. I want you to view yourself.
When God tells you to do something, I want you to view it within the perimeters of the mercy of God. God is about to do something in your life. You want to pray today, open my eyes to see your mercy. I want to view my life in your mercy. I don't want to be too bracadacious. I don't want to be so judgmental. I don't want to be so selfish and self-centered. Thank you, Father. Begin to put your hand on your eyes and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Thank you, Father. I've even forgotten that was communion. Oh, yeah. What's up, good You want to pray. You, you need to offer your body. Look at it from the prayer. Within the framework of, of the mercy of God. You want to pray and say, Father, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible said he took the bread and broke it. The Bible said he gave thanks. He said, eat it. This is my body for you. Then he took he took the wine and he blessed it. Look at me. The gentleman behind, brother. The gentleman who is folded his hand. In the realms of the spirit, I saw a parcel that is being unwrapped in the realms of the spirit for you. I don't know what your expectation is, but I promise you, God is about to surprise you. Amen. Thought you would celebrate with him. Where is your wife? You see there. I want you to hold hands. I pray for you that the speed of God is coming into your life. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let the wine go. Whilst you are eating, you are you're about to eat. You are praying over the wine, over the. Let's have a smoothie. It's too strong there. Let's go. Please, let's go. Father, Salaminose. Whilst you're praying, God, I want you to see you. What cause you to receive strength? As you eat over the bread, may Jehovah begin to curse you. To come to a place of strength, Amen. a place of supernatural. Amen. What causes you to lose your grounds, you will gain your grounds Amen. in that place. I pray that may the grace of God be your portion. Amen. May God strengthen every feeble knee and everything that weighs you down. I pray that the hand of God will strengthen you Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As you eat this bread, you begin to do what you couldn't do before. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. let's have the bread. I pray over the wine that the hand of God that the hand of God will strengthen you 
I prayed as the wine signifies the spirit, spiritual endowment, spiritual refreshment, spiritual replenishment. As you drink this wine, may you receive freshness in Jesus' name. Place your hands on your eyes, no movement. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, open my eyes. Father, open my eyes. To see in view of your mercy. To see in view of your mercy. That nothing will confuse me. That nothing will confuse me. That no more double-mindedness. That no more double-mindedness. That I may not have confidence in myself again. That I may not have confidence in myself again. My confidence will be in you. My confidence will be in you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We call it done. Amen. Amen.